I am Emily Lyons. In 2011, without a high school degree and with no money to my name, I decided to start my own business. Since then, I've built several multi-million dollar companies and I don't plan on stopping. Being a businesswoman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, survivor, and general life enthusiast, I'm endlessly jazzed by the business of life, especially the stories of extraordinary people I've had the privilege to meet along my own improbable journey to success. I don't think it's fair to keep that privilege to myself, and I think you deserve to be utterly lifted and shifted by these people too. All inspiring people are inspired people, so get ready to be inspired. Today, I am talking with the co-founder of one of my favorite blogs and social pages. Danielle Moss is the co-founder of The Every Girl and The Every Mom, as well as co-founder of Anecdote. She has built a huge brand, a loyal following of over a million social fans, and expanding with courses and so much more. This was one of my absolute favorite talks to date. Hope you enjoy it. So today, I'm joined by Danielle Moss. Danielle, welcome. Thank you for having me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I know. I know. We've had a crazy, crazy couple of weeks with sickness and oh my gosh. Work calls and you know, something just always comes up. All that fun stuff. So tell us about yourself. What do you do? Oh wow. Okay. So I am one of the founders, one of two of the Evergirl Media Group. So we Which are I love. online. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So we have, we're an online media company and we have the Evergirl.com. And then most recently, it's I think just over a year old right now. That's right. Yeah. No, wait. It's almost two. We launched right around the time our kids were born. And Elena and I wow. both have almost two year olds. That's crazy. The everymom.com, which Funny enough, we bought the URL back when we launched in 2008 and we were both single, but we knew we're like, one day this is going to be a thing. And oh my here gosh. we are. So I run those two sites. I have a personal blog. It's just, it was breakfast at toast. Now it's just my name. And I've been doing that since 2007. So very much just for fun on the side. I do have some partnerships and things there, but the ever girl and the ever mom is my day job and sometimes evening <laughs> and sometimes weekends. And then I am a partner, but not super involved. I've helped with some social and photos and stuff, but my husband and I partnered with his mom and our very talented interior designer friend, Amelia Eaton, and her husband. And we opened a store called Anecdote out in LaGrange. So it's about a half an hour outside the city of Chicago. And that opened last October. So so you've been busy. A little bit. Yeah. Can't stress enough that I'm not doing that during the day because I feel like... I got a lot of messages when we launched, people asking how I do it all. And the answer is I do not. So how did the Every Girl come to be? So Elena and I both had personal blogs. So back we launched back in 2012. I moved to Chicago from LA in 2010. And I was blogging and working as a freelance graphic designer, designing blogs. And we met and just kind of, we had this night at her place with a mutual friend and you know, our stories were different from a lot of other people's. We weren't, I I feel like in the blogging world, it maybe back then more so felt like a lot of the girls in it, and this isn't not knocking anyone at all, but just were a little more connected or, you know, the fashion bloggers, everything was kind of that like higher end. And we felt like there was a space that was missing and that just relatable, like girl next door. How did she figure it out? We wanted to help women get ahead. And women like us who our parents were not at all connected, so we didn't have our foot in the door anywhere. So unless Mm -hmm. I wanted to get into insurance, 
I was on my own <laughs> and I did not want to do nothing against insurance. It just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So we started talking and we sat down one day and got coffee and we left that meeting saying, okay, we're doing this. And, you know, we, at first we were both working full-time I can't say on the side. The every girl was on the side. So we basically worked until midnight every night for six months getting this thing running because we we weren't in a position to quit our day jobs. We had bills to pay. So we kind of poured our heart, souls, time, our weekends, everything into this. And we launched in February, 2012. And, you know, it took a while until we were full-time, obviously a couple of years. We both continued to work I say on the side, but you know, to kind of make it work. And eventually we got to a point where it was full-time for us and now it's full-time for us and a dozen other people. So at what point were you like, okay, let's quit our jobs. So Elena left her company. She was actually working for someone. And then we were at a point where she was like, okay, I'm making enough that I can make it work. And she had her blog too. Mm -hmm. And she would take on some back then, like, I think she's still, she has like a client or two she works with, but she has two kids now and we both are just kind of spread a little thin here. But she was doing some freelance interior styling. And, you know, I think we just, we were both pretty scrappy (laughs) and willing to make it work. And we were on budgets. And, you know, I think it was when we got to that point where it was like, okay, we're, because our first check to ourselves, I think was, I wish I had this all like completely set written down. I want to say maybe a year and a half in, and we each got a thousand dollars. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> we each wrote ourselves a check for a thousand dollars and we're like, all right, well, that's not paying the bills. So we can't live off this. So eventually we got to a point where it was like, all right, our rent is covered, our basics are covered and we can, we can make it work. I never had fully, I don't know how much I fully quit so much as I transitioned since the company I was working for was my own doing blog design. And that all honestly was kind of falling apart just because falling apart sounds extreme. So I kind of fell into it and I was designing on the blogger platform and everybody was switching to WordPress and I just wasn't at the level I needed to be to keep it going. So it just kind of phased out. And had I not had the Evergirl, I think it would have been a much scarier experience because I would have needed to figure something out. But it all time-wise just kind of worked out. But I don't think either of us, I mean neither of us were really doing paid collaborations personally mm-hmm. until probably two years ago at the earliest. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we weren't making money off our blogs. I know rewards Dell was a, a thing for us, the affiliate, but it's so little the commission and you know, or it would have been back then. And it's not for either of us. I know it's not close to a full-time thing. It's great, you know, extra money, but yeah. So there's your long answer for that one. So it was predominantly a blog, but now you've just kind of expanded it a- a- across everything, it looks like. Like you've got the courses. Yeah, the courses have been amazing. So we launched that last year. We actually have, so our former editorial assistant turned senior graphics, graphic designer turned course director. She's actually now both of those positions. So she's the head of graphics, but we have someone under her too. And then she went into doing courses full-time mostly full-time at least. So we are working on two new ones. We just launched a finance course. It's really amazing. It's kind of everything you needed to know, but weren't taught about finance when you're kind of going off on your Mm. own or trying to figure all that out. And yeah, so that's been amazing. We had a shop for a while, didn't really work out. So we just kind of pivoted and, and moved away from that. But yeah, the site has been incredibly successful. We have, I think it's, over the years, we've had over 70 million women come to both sites total, which wow. is yeah, 
that's crazy. We just hit a million followers on Instagram for the Every Girl. That was a big milestone. Yeah, it felt like a big thing. It's a million followers. That's crazy. It's a lot of people. I mean, a lot of of celebrities have on as followers. Yeah, so it's crazy. How Um, did? But it's been it's been really exciting. How did you build and cultivate this following? Because not only are they, you know, followers, but they're engaged. You know, like so many people love the Every Girl. It's not just like something that you follow and you don't go to. Like I make a point to go and check it out. Oh, thank you. Honestly, I think just the content being so relatable, people Mm. felt like they saw themselves online. And I think that's a space that now it exists, but it didn't. And, you know, we, we made it a point to, first, it wasn't really about anyone. And it's not Elena and myself, especially now we're both in our thirties. We're married. I'm having a second baby. She just had a second baby. So we, our stories are the every girl, but day in, day out, that's not, you know, where we're at in our lives. But that's how we got our start. So all of our our writers and our editors and everyone that works for us, you know, I think having everyone kind of get to know them, they're all so relatable and kind of embody what the every girl is. And I just think it's something we've we've really worked hard to make the content something everyone can relate to from, you know, fashion being budget friendly to featuring women of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds mm-hmm. and just sharing different stories. And I think that's, you know, something that, I didn't see it online until we put it out there, honestly. And that doesn't mean it wasn't anywhere, but I, I don't think there was another site that was quite like mm-hmm. this. What is the every girl? Like, who is the every girl to you? You know, she's in her 20s or 30s. And she, I think, wants to live a life that makes her happy and fulfilled and do something that she loves. And kind of, I just think it's that we've always said that like creative career driven woman who wants to get ahead. And that doesn't mean be at the top of everything, but it's that so many women are in that place, I think, where they feel stuck and you just fall into a career and it can be fine, but it's that living the life that you love and whether that's travel or decor or fitness, beauty, kind of whatever your interest is, it's making that a part of your life. And, you know, wellness has become really important for us. And it's obviously such a buzzword these days and such a big topic, but I think just, it really is. And I keep saying that, but like the woman who wants to live her best life and maybe Mm -hmm. doesn't know how and needs, you know, a little bit of help along the way. How did you know how to, how to curate all the social media? Because it's always had such a great overall visual, like everything just goes together so well. And you know, Elena and I have always had a look, um, an aesthetic. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and did I you pre-plan we, that out before you started? No, not at all. No, I think you know we. I like found her blog when I when I first moved here, and I was like, oh, I like her place. Oh, she does this, you know, this and this, and she went to this cute little antique market. Like, we maybe we would get along. And she seemed like she was doing fun things I would be interested in. I thought her home was really cute, but no, there wasn't this here. You know, and and the thing is, it's not just about our aesthetic because we want to hit the styles and looks and everything that everybody likes. So, but I would say, you know, there's kind of, there are those images that are on brand and that feel like the every girl. And I think that all of our employees, I think have just really kind of captured that and they've Mm -hmm. brought their own, their own style and their own voices onto the site and people have really grown to love them. So I think, you know, there's definitely been shifts, but in a good way. And it's just kind of been really just staying true to ourselves. I think that's been one of the biggest things, just making sure that 
everything feels like us without, and I mean the greater picture of us and not Danielle and Elena. Did you always think, you know, when you were younger at all that you'd ever be an entrepreneur? I don't know. Not really. It's such a difficult job. Yes. I would have these like crazy Lucille Ball-esque ideas when Mm -hmm. I was a kid of like, one day I'm going to do, you know, just these, but no. And then I was truthfully really lost and in a tough spot in my 20s. I was in this awful, awful relationship for 10 years and he kind of broke me down a bit and it was just mean, a little bit of a sociopath. And you know, my family hasn't always been the most supportive. My dad, I haven't heard from since I was a teenager, but he was super in and out of my life when I was a kid. So I didn't have that. And my mom, I've, you know, touched on this online a bit, but she just wasn't the most supportive. And I often heard Mm. that, you know, I wouldn't amount to anything. My grades weren't great, but I struggled. I didn't know what I wanted. And I think there wasn't that where Elena was like, I want to be an editor. I, she went to journalism school. She had this vision. I don't know that back then she was like, I'm going to run this website. I think for her, it was more magazines, but then print was obviously changing. So for me, I didn't, it was not this at all, but I hit that point of, I had launched my blog and I had shared a little bit of my story and I really always valued inspiring other women and helping them feel less alone, especially ones who went through something similar to what I went through because Mm -hmm. I didn't have that. So for me, it was, you know, I want a place where women can feel like someone else understands them, but also give them some advice and kind of, you know, someone who might be struggling in their career. I was at that crossroads or someone who feels, you know, whether it's alone at the holidays or you're trying to decorate your first home or whatever it is. I just, I think for me, I wanted that but I never would have imagined this. And I never thought this is what I would be doing. And even when we first launched, I don't think I pictured this. This wasn't, I didn't, we didn't know what to expect. So to think that, you know, eight years later, we'd have two websites and all these employees and I mean, just employee handbooks and team meetings and HR (laughs) and all of it. And we're, we're about to sign on a larger office space. Just, it feels, it's kind of flowed, but this wasn't the trajectory I envisioned in the best possible way. Do you ever get imposter syndrome? I did an interesting talk with this this world-renowned imposter syndrome expert recently. And she was saying 70 to 80% of successful people, especially if you don't come from a successful family, suffer from yeah. it. I totally see it all the time. Have you ever had that? I think I, on some level, yes. So I very much disassociate myself from the site. I don't think of it as mine. Someone was like, you have a million followers. I'm like, well, I don't have a million followers. Every (laughs) girl has a million followers. It's a little different. And I think for me, the biggest thing, anytime I need to write something on my blog, I can just kind of throw it together and whatever, because there's a slightly smaller readership. And by slightly, I mean significant. So it it feels like it can just be casual. But if I have to write something for the every girl, there is, or the every mom, it just feels like, and not from anyone on the team, but there's so much pressure built up in my head of like, what do they want to hear from me for? What am I saying? What am I what, do, what can I bring to the table? There is this, that will happen. I get really nervous. Sometimes I'll get that way if I have to record something for social media. I'm like, is this even good? Does anyone want to see this? Do they care what I have to say? Like, should we? I, so that, but so much of it, we have, I don't look at this as, yes, I technically own 50% of the company. Yes, I'm a co-founder, but I don't look at it as this is just mine because it's not. And Elena and I wouldn't be where we are without our team. So it's really hard to 
I don't know how much of it is imposter syndrome versus the reality of we're really lucky to have, you know, an incredible team of women behind us and working alongside us. So I don't know where that falls in. (laughs) Maybe a touch of it. Have you ever struggled with having a partner? I've always done all my endeavors by myself. So I've never, I've never brought on a partner just because you hear so many bad experiences. So I've always been so scared. We got really lucky. We've definitely had our disagreements and we've had harder days, you know, where it's like, okay, we don't agree on this. So I'm going to take the day or Mm -hmm. let's just like, let's go do our own thing. But we always, I mean, I couldn't imagine doing this alone. I would be so overwhelmed. And also, no, that would be horrible. We also just bring such different strengths to the table that it's really nice to be able to divide and conquer, especially with Mm-hmm. all of the sponsored content and partnerships and managing a team and the fact that we can kind of, I, I mean, she just took maternity leave. I don't know how she would have done that. You know, we have a director of brand partnerships and mm-hmm. we have an amazing editorial director and managing editors for both sites, but having that backup co-founder is huge. And it's just someone else to run things by. I'm so used to it. It's all I know at this point. Mm-hmm. There's one thing when I was designing blogs because I didn't, wasn't required, but I think for what we do, it feels easier for me. But again, it's also all I know. So I had read once that there was a, an article that you guys had written and you weren't sure about posting it and you weren't going to, and then you did, and it ended up being the most popular article. Yes. Fashion essentials. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we, I remember getting on a call with the lane of the night before and she's like, this is not good. Can we publish this? It was so basic. It was basically a capsule wardrobe before people talked about capsule wardrobes years ago when we first launched. And we're like, this is so stupid. It was like denim, a white button down. And it was a high and low for each, like flats. Like this could not be more basic. And it went viral. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. But it was that like basic, everything you needed in your closet. It was great looking back, but in the moment, no one was really doing that. So we were very unsure. And then we're like, all right, whatever, we'll just publish it and see what happens. And never could have expected that. It's very much like that, that quote where, you know, it's better done than perfect. And, you know, better to just try and see than, you know, the people loved it. (laughs) They loved it. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. It must be tricky though. I mean, having such a big audience because you have to be so careful with everything you do put out there because there there are so many eyes on it. Like we had a client today and they sent out an email blast about coronavirus, but they kind of didn't really make light about it, but they put some like jokes in there and they got Mm -hmm. huge backlash. And it was on like, you know, all the blog sites and on the media, like because people were just tearing them apart on Twitter and it wasn't even something you know, like they weren't obviously making fun of it, but just because it's, you know, you have to be so careful with how you word things. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, but we are, I mean, I would say we are pretty cautious and we, anytime there's anything political, we try not to take sides, but mostly to Mm -hmm. share the facts. But at the same time, we're also a website for women and we have to be pro women and women's rights and not, we have to be, we are. So there is that kind of tricky line of, not wanting to piss people off or offend anyone while also standing up for what you believe in or kind of sharing what you believe in without taking too much of a side. It, yeah, it gets tricky, but you know, we, 
I think we've learned what does and doesn't work. And there are times that, you know, we share things and we're like, oh, we'll probably get some backlash for this, but it's important to us. And mm, so you'll still post it. Yeah. Yeah. People don't that. like when we post politics. We get asked to in our lane. If they want to find <laughs> politics or see something serious, they can look for it elsewhere. And we're like, all right, well, too bad. Follow us if it bothers you that much. I mean, I don't know what to. We, we again, we want to help well-rounded women. If you're not interested in finance, go read another article. We have, you know, five exactly. going up daily. So the the point isn't that everything is for everyone, but it's you know the hope is that if you're going on and looking at fashion, maybe you'll see that finance article and think, oh, I should I should read that or find something new and interesting. But we kind of want everyone to feel like there's something for them. So. But yes, it does get a little tricky. But, you know, I think over the years we've learned what does and doesn't work. And then sometimes you just, yeah, I think, you know, making a joke about coronavirus, people are, people are pretty upset right now at what's happening, which is very yes. understandable. So I, I get it. Mm-hmm. You just have to, you know, tread lightly, I guess, with mm-hmm. all of that. 100%. You know, and at the same time too, I was like, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be saying anything about it because people are dying and it is really scary for everybody. No, it's awful. Yeah. But yeah, no, and I do, I do know on the other end, aside, you know, that they didn't mean it like that at all. No, of course. People also sometimes take things out of context. And then we fortunately have never had, or at least that I can think of, I don't think we've ever had anything you know, truly awful happen. It's been more people not wanting to see a certain type of content or, I don't know, we've never had anything terrible with a bunch of backlash or anything like that. So that's, that's good. <laughs> so your background was in graphic design. Well, no. So I studied sociology. Okay. Started, yeah. So my background, I didn't really have a plan. And then (laughs) I worked in PR for a little bit. Didn't love it. My boss was also not my favorite. Um, (laughs) Hopefully, she doesn't like follow me and is reading this. But she was. (laughs) I had her clients coming up to me, like telling me to keep her under control, and I doubt she does because this was a million years ago. And then I worked in entertainment for a bit, and that wasn't for me. But they kind of shifted my position, and I just knew it wasn't really going to ever be what I wanted it to be. And then I did work. It was like a. It was an internship. It was paid, just very little pay. This um, graphic design firm, and I really enjoyed that. And around that time, I had started my blog and. There weren't blog designers in 2007. So I was like, all right, I'm going to figure out how to redesign it, make it look better. Wow. And it, you know, looking back, it was not cute now that I look <laughs> at what, where graphics have, it wasn't great. It was fine. Not great. But someone asked for help and someone else asked for help. And, you know, a couple thousand blogs later, I had a design business, but wow. it, was not my back, it was not my background at all. I took one intro to, I think it was like Photoshop, Illustrator. I don't even remember. It was like three hours on each program. And then the rest was just me being self-taught. But I wasn't amazing. I just, I think a lot of it was, it was fine for the time in terms of design. And I was willing to work hard. Mm -hmm. I was doing like eight to 10 blogs a week and no one else was really doing what I was doing. There were a couple others. So I feel like I just got in at a really good time. I would not try to go into design right now without studying it a little bit more. <laughs> How have you so, learned all the all the things that it takes to be an entrepreneur along the way? Because there's so many different things. Like you said, HR, management, marketing. I would not say I have learned all of them. I would say <laughs> I've learned things about them. I've learned to hire the right people. I wish looking back that I had studied business, marketing, Same here. economics, <laughs> all of it. I'm like, oh, that would have been helpful. So, you know, there are things we learn along the way, but I really do think it's a matter of having the right team because 
unless you studied all those things, like it's not possible to know everything. And this is where the business partner with a different skill set, Elaine, is much better at numbers. So, you know, I, but again, we have, we have a good accountant. Like I should not be balancing all of that for us. And we have a bookkeeper who sends us a report at the end of each month. So I can look over that. I'm not putting together the report, you know? So I think you kind of figure that out and, and, you know, in terms of HR and employee handbooks and all of that, we figured out what our values were for our company. And I think we've just gotten into a really good groove. Our first employees, we had no idea what we were doing and we were so all over the place. We didn't know how to tell people what to do. It just, you get, you know, you, you pick up a lot along the way. So I think it was really just the experience of you're kind of thrown in head first because you have to be. Did you find that you had made some bad hires at first? I don't think it was bad hires so much as we didn't, we hired, okay, there were a couple hires where I would, no one was bad. I would not say anyone was bad. There might've been people who weren't right for the company or the Mm -hmm. position at the end of the day, but no, everyone has been really talented and hardworking. I think our first few hires, we didn't, we didn't know how to manage people. And I think we have such a set onboarding process now with our, we have a freelance HR person that works with us. And, you know, we go through an employee handbook and you're signing an NDA. There's just, there's such a process and we use Slack to communicate and we have company office hours and just, I don't know, it it feels like we're in this, we're just in a really good place in terms of having a system and knowing what to expect from people, everyone knowing what to expect from us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are definitely times someone will ask for something and Elena and I, I feel like are always doing five to 15 different things at once or in the course of a day. So you might have to, you know, remind me again to get that story to you or to review something. But we, I think just, I think when you have an employee, if there's an expectation for them or they understand, especially two co-founders, that could be confusing. They didn't know who to take things to. So I think we have much more clearly defined roles for everyone and that's really helped. So it really just has been a learning experience, but I feel like we're in a really good place now. That's amazing. I love that. They always talk about now cultivating company culture. That's such a a hot topic. Yep. How do you guys do that? So for us, we have everyone come into the office three days a week and the other two days are work from home days. And it's funny, everyone's home this week and messaging in Slack that they don't know what to do with themselves. I personally love working from home. I get more done. I just kind of go into my office, shut the door and do my thing. But I did it. I did it starting so long ago. And you're one of those people or you're not. You are someone who can get your work done. I get more done because I'm just on my own in my bubble. So you get it. But it's not for everyone. So anyway, that we have flex hours, two days a week. I, I really wanted people to feel happy. And I hate using the word balance because I don't think it exists. And I think it's just an annoying buzzword that people overuse. But I love the idea of, you know, giving people enough flexibility to say, if you want to go to a yoga class or take a two hour lunch this day and just like finish your work in the morning or at night. So we have flex hours, two days a week, Everyone on the team, all of the women are such good friends. They hang out after work. They hang out on weekends. Wow. Yeah. And even the women who used to work for us are really close with women that are like either have left or who are still working for us. So it really is just like, and someone new will come on and everyone is so kind and just Aww. inviting. There's never been, I mean, I unless it has secretly happened. There's never been any drama between two employees. And it's all women, which you know can wow. people can 
day, that can That's get, rare. there's never been a problem. So like the HR was really just for us to help establish what we need to do in the handbook and, and kind of all of that, or if anyone had any questions, but there's never been anything between anyone. Like they just get along. It's a great group of women. So that's mm-hmm. why when you say like, has there ever been a bad hire? No, everybody's always been great. So we've been very, very lucky there. But, and I think that, you know, attributes to the company culture of people are friends. They enjoy working together. They love what they do. They're passionate about what they do. And everyone's the first to cheer each other on when something happens. Like everyone was giving, you know, Abigail so much credit, which was rightfully do when we hit a million, she's our social media manager. And oh, wow. it wasn't like, oh, we hit a million, but it was like, Abigail, you did it. You know, it was, people are just always cheering each other on. If someone writes a great piece, everyone's messaging in Slack saying how wonderful it was. It's, it's just a really great group of women. And Elena and I have always kind of, you know, we've always hoped for that. And we are that way. We, you know, we always tell everyone because bosses can seem scary, but we're like, come to us with anything. If you have a crazy idea, bring it to us. The worst thing is we'll say, no, we'll never tell you it's stupid, but we'll mm-hmm. always like try to figure it out. Kelly came to us and wanted to try to make a course. And we're like, all right, go for it. Sure. Now she's our course director. You know, so much of it is, I think not to give ourselves too much credit here, but the way we want to run things and the relationships we want to have with our employees and then being able to come to us when they have a question or an issue, you know, I think that helps. Yeah. So where do you want to go next with this? Ideally, if you could see where the every girl would go. I don't want to keep it so simple to say to just keep growing it. But yes, you know, so much of the focus, the every girl is this like well-oiled machine that just keeps growing and is doing so well. And I think Mm -hmm. Elena and I have put, not to say we haven't been as focused on the every girl, but it's needed us a little bit less than the every mom has. And Allison, our editorial director, is doing such a good job with the every girl. So we're still very much there, but the every mom, because it's newer and a smaller team, I think the biggest, our biggest goal and the thing we've been the most excited about is to grow that. And the traffic has grown so much. It's doing so well. So that's been really exciting. We don't have plans for another site right now, uh, anytime soon, at least, you know, I think to continue to grow the courses we've talked about, we had three big events last year. So we'd love to do more of that. We've talked about a podcast. We actually recorded one maybe in 2015 and then just never went anywhere with it, (laughs) which I'm like, why didn't we start that back then? That definitely turned into a thing. So, you know, we've talked about that. I think there's there's a lot we could do and we don't want to overextend and we want to make sure everything we're doing, we're doing well. So I think, you know, to keep growing our current site, I love the idea of bringing women together. I don't know how beyond the internet and beyond our events or maybe doing more events. So that's something we've talked about, but we've talked about a book, but that again, it just, we feel like I know so many things when we've had publishers and agents reach out to us and it's never felt like the right time just because it would really pull us away. And we've never felt like we were in a place where we could be that pulled away from the site. So it's hard to find that mix of what works and what can we take on and still feel connected to, you know, what we're doing. Yeah. I want to just do everything and anything. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, let's, let's write a book and have a product line and do this and that. And yeah. So it's, you know, we have to approach carefully because you don't, and you don't want to be spread too thin and it's tough. Mm-hmm. But I would say at this point, you know, continue to grow. I think more video content, we've been doing a bit more of that. and. 
just kind of really mastering, I guess, where we are now before diving into anything else. But I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. I think we're in this good place of everything's going so well and we're I think so too. You're just setting everything up so well that so many doors, like, you know, you can pivot so many ways with with what you're doing and the foundation that you're laying that it's just, yeah, I think it'd be a great lifestyle brand to kind of take over all different kinds of markets. Take over everything. It'd be great. World domination. Exactly. We do have some exciting collaborations we're working on that I can't share quite yet. So, you know, we're always, we're always working on something really excited to, you know, continue to grow the every mom and the every girl courses though. Those I would say are the two newest ventures and they're both doing really well. So what are all the links? Where can people find you? Okay. So there's the every girl.com, the every mom.com, and then accompanying Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter for both, but all the links are just on those sites. It's easier than naming every single one. My blog is just danielle-moss.com and then I'm danielle moss underscore on Instagram. And we're just the every girl and the every girl and the every mom on Instagram. And then I have anecdote too. So shopanecdote.com and shopanecdote on Instagram. So, but that again is my side. side Your side hustle. I have to give credit to everybody else on that team because they're all the ones running the show. I just help with some social and photos and the things I know how to do. (laughs) All the pretty things. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.